jujitsu is always there. No matter what happens in your life, if you need to take a break, however long that break is, you can always come back. It's not going to be easy. It doesn't, it's not like you're going to come back and immediately everything's going to work for you the way it did when you left. That's not, that's not the case. But if you just keep coming and you keep working and you keep trying, it will come back to you as it needs to. Hey everyone, my guest today is the second woman to be promoted to black belt at my gym, Half Gracie Berkeley. Nia Blackston Doyle went from thinking she was going to be a white belt forever to not only earning a black belt, but also winning multiple World Masters medals, including gold at purple and brown belt. In this episode, we talk about what it was like for her to come back to the mats after giving birth, how she's seen the culture at her gym change over time, and why it's so important to have more women in jiu-jitsu. Enjoy. So I want to talk jiu-jitsu. Nia, I know there's so much about jiu-jitsu that you could talk about, just decades of experience and knowledge. I want to go back to the beginning and learn a little more about how you got into it. So first, when did you get started with jiu-jitsu? And when you started training, what was your original intention with it? What were you hoping to get out of it? So I think my original introduction, and I would say not jujitsu, just grappling, was in junior high. I we had a um, we had a karate instructor who would come to our school in the morning. So it was like before school because it was a before school program. So we'd go in the cafeteria we didn't have an auditorium and a cafeteria separate we had to get in one space so we called it a cafeteria um and he would set up in the morning and we do like kicks and punches by yourself and do all and he introduced some grappling and I was like whoa this is awesome I want to do more of this so I went to the school but it ended up that he was just kind of letting us experiment with that space but everything else was really very much traditional karate and upright and striking and kicking us like I don't want that I want what we did on the ground so that was kind of my first introduction that there's even something like that in the world outside of WWE <laughs> beyond TV <laughs> um, a little so, different than jiu-jitsu <laughs> yeah but yeah so but I was that was all that was there when you got on the ground you did the WWE wrestling that was what wrestling was as far as you're a kid and so um that was kind of my first taste of it while I was a teenager, we would, I'd play with my guy friends and we'd do King of the Hill. And, you know, it was, if you pinned the person down for a count of 10 or whatever, you'd win. And so usually they wanted to not play anymore because I won so much. Like they're like, this game's dumb. We don't want to play. Let's go play video games, which I couldn't do very well. And I was like, fine. I'll go I'll go watch you play video games <laughs> okay they were salty <laughs> so and I would ever I'm like let's play King of the Hill let's play King of the Hill so yeah. that was kind of like my first not even like a true introduction to jujitsu but kind of like a the love I think started in that respect that there's something there that I was kind of good at but I had there was no technique and no instruction you know we would just put mats down and not even mats I'd say like pillowcases and you know pillows and and mattresses on the floor and and you know wherever there was nothing covered somebody would just stand there and be like don't go over here <laughs> this is the concrete um 
And so that was kind of how it was in the beginning um, as far as like, and so that just kind of, you know, went on with the world and for, kind of forgot about it. And I guess it was introduced to me again when I was 19, I guess. So later teens. And I was like, oh, hey, this. Hey, I remember this. I've been looking for this for a couple of years now. I didn't just didn't know what it was called to be able to go look for it. And, you know, back in those days, you couldn't just go online and throw into Google search some random words and come up with the information you were looking for. Right. I don't even think that, is there, I, don't, I don't know. How old is Google now? I don't even think it's 20 years old yet. I I have no idea. Well, yeah. So it wasn't in the searches before. You had to be so specific. You kind of already had to know what you needed to look for to find it. So anyway, um, yeah. So I was first introduced to it probably when I was later teens, so nineteen, something around there. Um, and it was just a little bit here and there, kind of not official. Like I didn't officially go into any classes till um, later. I started training um, at headquarters in San Francisco, Ralph Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in San Francisco. And it's not even the place, it's the their first location in the city. Uh, where I think it was on Van Ness or something. Um, so that's where I started training. So my first training, um, my first introduction to it was, I don't know, the, the, the what's the word I'm looking for? mentality the environment the environment was very different than what it is now right the the environment that have been built through berkeley but also just san francisco also is completely different than what it was when you first walked in when you would walk in to the gym before you'd walk in and everybody would try to smash you as much as possible and either you were like this is awesome i need to figure out how to not get smashed and you'd stay or you would think this is horrible i'm never coming back right so there's kind of this like weeding gauntlet kind of feel if you can't survive your first day you don't belong here kind of so that's how like (laughs) very different (laughs) the first phases were is just like how bad can we smash this person and and just if you came back they're like yay and they wouldn't smash you as bad the next time it was it's just the first so i guess you were in the group of people who who found that interesting like what was that like as a young woman to be coming into that space how did you respond to it well i was it was it was a a challenge and it was a puzzle so it wasn't i was like okay well how can I figure out how to make this work? Like, how can I do what this person's doing to someone else? Like, how can I or make it so they can't do whatever it is they're going to do? But in, you know, in the beginning, it's just, it was, it was just for, it was just fun. Right. So when I walked in, I wasn't expecting anything, actually. I had zero expectations mm-hmm. except to have fun. And again, there had, you know, you still have to be kind of, tolerance like you have to have some sort of pain tolerance and tolerance for people if you think that's fun (laughs) right like so you you did find that fun you found it fun to get smashed no what I found was I was like huh this is interesting that sucked I don't want it to happen again how do I not let it happen again 
And of course it did happen again, but maybe in a different way. I was like, okay, well, it still happened, but I did something different and it didn't work. So let me go back and try it a different way. So it was, like, it was that kind of, it was like, it felt like a, it was a puzzle for me. I was like, how can I? A painful puzzle, I... it sounds like though. Yeah, some people have to learn with pain. I'm one of those people, apparently. <laughs> so you're like, oh, that really, really hurt. Okay, how do I avoid that next time? Um, but the interesting, the interesting thing was too, is that when I came in, Again, I was like, probably by the time I signed up, maybe I was like 20. Um, and I was 120 pounds. I'm 5'2", five, five 120 pounds, and I'm about 20 years old. So that's, wow. I walk into a situation where, first of all, all, all of the black belts, except for one for sure, maybe two female black belts, but one for sure. There might have been a promotion after I got, well, when I first walked in, there was one, one female black belt. And everybody was bigger than me. So female or male doesn't matter. There was nobody my size in any respect at all. Like there was nobody as small as me. Everybody was at least, I'd say the small guys were like 160. And then it went up to like 250. Right. So already that's a, it's a huge gap. So, and so there wasn't a visual representation of me in any of the, black belts and really in any of the upper belts so I my assumption was I'm probably going to be a white belt forever because I don't see anybody that looks like me anywhere in and I was like that's fine wow. I'm just gonna do I'm gonna just be the best white belt there ever was <laughs> so I didn't wow. come in with any goals or expectations or anything yeah. I just came in and mm-hmm. I was like well this is interesting I like moving I like sweating you know so I moved and I sweat a lot so how did you how did you learn and get better in an environment like that where one it sounds like it was quite punishing physically and two there weren't a lot of people or really anyone it sounds like your size how did you improve so when when we opened up the Berkeley location in so I started in 2000 in the city and then we opened up the Berkeley location in 2005. So for a lot of people if they trained for 5 years they would be blue, maybe purple. Uh I was still a white belt. <laughs> I was yeah. still a white belt. But it, yeah. but I did it it wasn't discouraging to me. I was just at that point, I was like, I'm just here to have fun and I'm going to do the best that I can every day. And I just went in every day and did the best that I could with what I had. Um, The interesting thing was that when I had instructors who are six foot plus, right, the length of their arms are longer than the length of my legs. So sometimes when they would say, hey, you just reach around and grab over here. I'm like. Yeah, no, there's no grabbing over there. I can't reach. Like, I can't get over there. They're like, you need to hold this part here, put pressure here, and reach down here and hold at their knees. I'm like, well, which one, which which is most important? Because I can do one of those. And they're like, well, they're both important. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you understand the problem. I physically cannot reach those two points and give pressure anywhere. I'm too spread out. And so... I was like, oh, okay, so jujitsu is just not going to work for me. It, it started to what it sounded like to me. Like mm-hmm. they didn't, 
understand what the issue was and those moves I was like oh well those moves just I can't do those ones and so it just kept limiting like oh I can do this I can do this little thing I can do this little thing here and just like like I'll just be able to do like these four things because I can reach um and then I actually got pregnant with my first kid in 2005 so the year we we opened I got pregnant that same year so the first year we were open in Berkeley I got pregnant that year gave birth in 2006 and you were still had, a white belt. I'm still a white belt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um obviously I was off the mat for a little bit of time. And I was right. working in the I was working in the office and we had a guest instructor come for noon class, um, Darren. And so he came in and this was the first time I saw really anyone in jujitsu doing well that was my size. So he is my size maybe a little bit taller, but generally like a small person, probably like 135, 140, right? Still lean, small. And I'm just like, huh. And I was watching him do warmups and I'm just like, it looks like what he's doing will fit on my body. Mm. And so I put my baby to sleep, put him in the, in a playpen, got my gi and did his class. And I was like, oh, jujitsu can work for me. I just have to figure out how to modify moves so they fit for me. So that was the first realization that it was possible that it was possible for a small person to excel in this in the sport and that the moves can be done. It's just the way so the way that I'm going to maintain somebody somebody in side control is going to be different than the way somebody who's bigger than me maintains the side. I could still maintain it. Like I just thought I was always going to get ruled over. I can still maintain it. It just has to be different. Where I put my pressure and my weight is going to be in a different spot. And the risks are going to be different for me than somebody bigger. And so it wasn't like nobody told that to me. I just had to kind of figure that part out. Right. So through trial and error, I had to like, I do the positions. I do it the way it was instructed. I would try it. And then I would try to see, okay, what's not working what can I reach if I can't reach the spot what can I reach how do I need to move my body so that I get the same result so it looks the same but it isn't the same right so that was just basically years and years of years of me stacking up these these little bits of information to try to figure out how to and so for the most part I can still like if somebody shows me something I'm like okay I already have the the logged hours in to know to feel go to feel like this doesn't feel right how do I need to move to make it feel better to get the same result as them and it looks the same to anybody else but I I have to do something different so that was in 2006 was the first time that I was able to kind of see you were doing jujitsu for six years before you had the sense that it could actually work for your body Mm mm-hmm Yep. Yeah, how, how do you keep coming back? That sounds so hard. It's still fun. <laughs> I mean, it's still fun. You know, it's, you know, the yeah, you're, it's still fun. Like jujitsu is still fun. So it was, and anytime somebody new came in, I could for sure do a lot more stuff on that person because they just had no idea what was happening, right? So I would get to practice the stuff on sure. somebody who was new, and then I would have to make my modifications on people who were have been there for a while until I kind of figured it out but I I think it's one of the things about jujitsu is is that I it's jujitsu is always there 
no matter what happens in your life, if you need to take a break, however long that break is, you can always come back. It's not going to be easy. Like, it doesn't, it's not like, are you going to come back and immediately everything's going to work for you the way it did when you left? That's not, that's not the case. But if you just keep coming and you keep working and you keep trying, it will come back to you as it needs to, right? Oh, it's hard, for sure hard, mm-hmm. right? So even after um, my first pregnancy, I was back on the mat, I would say early, too early. Like the, How the, early the, are we talking? Two weeks. After giving birth? Oh, wow. That I mean, I've never given birth, but that feels <laughs> like it would be real early. It was really early. And this is a little bit into just the mindset of if you're fit, like, so for the observers of the person who has given birth, they're like, well, you're not pregnant anymore. So why aren't you training anymore? Right. So then for for me, I was like, well, I don't really feel okay. I guess I'm supposed to be on the mat now if I don't physically have a human growing in me anymore what excuse do Mm -hmm. I have but the thing is it's like your 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 ligaments and your muscles from first of all just physically not having done anything right and so I actually had was considered having a high-risk pregnancy so they told me not to do anything they're like do not get your heart rate up you need to chill because I was having heart palpitations during the pregnancy and so I would go and swim and I would like okay well now my heart rate's off to sit here and my heart rate goes back down and swim a little bit more. I was only kind of swimming. And then, you know, so I had much muscle atrophy, muscle gain. My ligaments weren't because your your body gets flushed with these hormones to loosen your ligaments so that your body can then bring forth this human. And so it doesn't just do the ligaments that you need for that. All of your ligaments are kind of like, you know, you go to... And the, the funny example for swimmers is when you're pregnant, you can't do breaststroke because the ligaments that in position that you need to squeeze your legs together like this doesn't work. So you go oh. and you just kind of, you just don't go anywhere. So it's, it's kind of a really interesting way to see in real time what's happening. And as those hormones keep coming, as you get closer and closer to birth, you can't, you just don't, you just don't kick that anymore. It's just, you just sit there in the pool and look like a dead frog. Really? That's what happens. Or dying frog. Hilarious. I mean, we all, all of the women who have had, were pregnant, like my coach, she was houseless. She'd say, you know, she's like, Oh, how's the breaststroke going? I'm like, no, it's not going. And it's, you know, it's our little joke. It's funny. But then you go translate that into trying to move, quickly to jiu-jitsu and and, you know to move quickly and to have a lot of it is your core you have to have your core needs to be strength you need to have your balance all of your stuff needs to kind of work when you want it to work and it doesn't right after pregnancy your the muscle your abdomen your muscles have moved to the side right so they've kind of split and moved to the side to make space for that baby they have to come back and repair so you go to sit up and instead of sitting up this way like instead of your muscles contracting this way they contract this way which is really hard to sit up like that so sometimes I'm like going to sit up I'm like okay never mind I guess you're just gonna pass my guard because I just I don't have the muscles to squeeze because my ligaments are still loose and I can't sit up so uh, you're just gonna now um, neon belly on me great thank you (laughs) so it was kind of like it was it was uh it's interesting that 
that your body does these things, but it's also there wasn't necessarily like space to recover without being there wasn't space to recover properly for sure. Do you mean like socially? So it wasn't really acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that must have been so hard. Well, it was the way it was. So I was like, I, I felt in my brain, I'm like, well, I chose to be here. I know how it is. And, you know, we were tr- in the process of starting to change sort of, not not even, I would say, it was, I think, like, maybe 2006 was a, was, was a up and down year. And probably 2007 was when we actively started to. I'm like, why don't we have beginners classes so that people, it was the the talk of there needs to be a space where people can get some information before they get smashed because we can't keep students if they just leave. Our, our retention was so low, right? So there were it no was, beginners it, classes. Oh, no, we didn't have, uh. <laughs> <laughs> beginners classes. <laughs> what? Yes. So it was, yeah, so it was figuring that out to give a space for people to be okay learning, right? Being almost like a safe space to learn and make a mistake and not feel like they're going to die for having the mistake being made either. But um, like, even when I got my, when I was given my blue belt, I was, I felt like I was giving my blue belt early. And I say that early because, okay, now it's already been, what, six years. I was a white belt, but I had just given birth. So I was given birth. I had been on the mat for a couple of weeks, I got my blue belt when my son was two or three months old. And I got given my blue belt because the instructor at that we had at the time felt like I wasn't working hard enough. And he wanted to push me to work harder. So he gave me my blue belt. So then I would have to push back on all the white belts. And then I was told, you cannot tap to any white belt. Okay, wait, real quick. This isn't someone who's still at the gym, right? Okay, no. okay, okay. Just, just wanted to clarify because I was like, that does not sound no. like. And that's part of the, we've done so much change. Like the, the atmosphere and the feeling of the gym is so much better now. Um, like people come in, they're like, wow, it feels like a family. Like, yes, I, I want you to feel safe and come in. And if you don't know anything, that's okay. If you don't feel comfortable, well, let's figure out why and work on that. And so I'm more hyper sensitive to pe- to making sure people feel comfortable and safe because if they yeah. feel comfortable and safe, you can learn. Right. And the people who want to get smashed out, they'll find their way to get smashed that those people will love jujitsu no matter what happens. You go ahead with those 250 pound people that you're fine. But other people who want to learn, you know, sometimes there has to be just a different path for their understanding. So I try to give that, give that path. So they told you, you, you couldn't tap to white belts. Mm-mm. And this was three what? months <laughs> after giving birth. And so what was crazy. So I was working, trying, and I was like, my, I wasn't like my, I just wasn't physically strong. Like I didn't feel strong. I like my brain still fuzzy. I have a three month old baby. So I'm up on yeah. nursing. My boobs were huge I'd wear two or three bras to just kind of smash down (laughs) my milk and gorge boobs right so like some moves are like I'm like you don't I can't you don't want to put any pressure 
Somebody no. twitches at me like, ah, <laughs> so, but I, I didn't say it. I just was like, oh, so I'd give up position to adjust because my boobs were getting smashed or things were uncomfortable. So sometimes I would make adjustments so that I was physically comfortable, but it looked like I was giving up position. Right. If that makes sense. Like even, so actually the funny story, the funny, I say funny, it's funny now. I mean, I laughed during the time, but it wasn't really that funny. But um, a little bit after I had given birth, I was on the mat and there's this move that was told to me it was called the ice no no it was told to me called the violator so i had been told, oh from close you know, guard you're talking about that the, yeah, the again, in the yeah, yeah but it's yeah. actually called the icebreaker which is a way better name so i've been now teaching it oh. as the icebreaker okay. but i learned it as the violator and if you have it done yeah. to you you really understand why it has that name but somebody was doing that to me a little bit after i had given birth and actually had ripped my stitches and so I, like oh. my stitches got ripped and i was bleeding everywhere and no. i'm just and he was like uh, uh, and he went off and did stuff and i'm just like oh my gosh so it's like you know okay I, like you can't do that well why can't i well, you not under you just ripped my like my stitches after giving birth are now ripped open yeah no That's you horrible. can't yeah so it was, you know that was the space in which my jujitsu started i i mean i i think it's amazing that you kept going that sounds like such a harsh environment and like not only incredibly physically painful, but I feel like so emotionally painful to have someone be so dismissive of that. I, right? I, I think what, what it is. So how can I explain when you've had, when you, when you had a lot of trauma, when you were younger, you learned to, function in it so having mm -hmm. this new trauma it wasn't new to me the situation was just particularly new so I was like how can I mm -hmm. figure out how to function here if I want to be here right but the other the flip side is if I want to make a change here I have to stay here yeah so if I left then anybody coming behind me would be still dealing with the same the same stuff so I was like and I, and for you know we've had women's classes come in and out but we never had any higher female belts to teach them so it was always still the male instructors teaching the women's class which is fine we're all here together trying to support each other but it is going to still be a similar explanation or or, or disconnect from when a man's teaching a woman's class there's going to be some things simply even just where our most of our body uh, weight is disputed in our strength. Most of our strength typically naturally comes in our legs, right? When mm -hmm. men typically have a stronger upper body. So I'm not going to fight a man's arms with my arms. I'm going to usually lose that battle, but I will fight their arms with my legs. Yeah, that makes it more so I have to maneuver myself in a way that a guy might not necessarily think of to do because they can have the arm to arm fight and usually be okay. Right. So it's it's even just when so when did we have was I a boob out when we started those women's class? I may have been a boob out when we and we've had different instructors through the times and then um, I was when I got my brown belt I was like can I teach the class now please can I <laughs> can I 
find the time. You don't, you don't have to pay me. I will volunteer to teach. <laughs> we need more, we need more people. Um, but yeah, there was for years and years I was the only female in the gym for consistent. Only... Hmm? Wow. Okay, so that was something else I wanted to ask: is if there were any female black belts when you were starting at Health Gracie Berkeley? No. Well, when, well, you have to think of when you first open, there's there's nobody, right? We start from yeah. zero. So Pete, my husband, uh, was a blue belt when we opened, I think. Yeah, he was a blue belt. That He was the highest belt we had outside of our black belt. So there was a blue belt and white belt and a black belt. And that was it wow. when we first started, right? So um, Eduardo... Our instructor now came in, trying to think. I have to, okay, so me and his wife are pregnant with our third kids at the same time, and they're 14, so it's 14 years ago, and I think it was, so 15, so 15, so maybe 16, 15, 16 years ago, Eduardo came, because I think it was a little bit after they got in there. We had, like, a baby boom. There was a bunch of us pregnant, like, jiu-jitsu wives and then like me there's like three women so me and two other women who were on the mat we were all pregnant it was like a big old pregnancy so there's a bunch of us who all have kids kind of the same age um but yeah so I think it was like 14 15 no sorry 15 or 16 years ago um I guess if they're almost 6 15 I guess it'd be 16 17 years that's so long ago but anyway um so our first female black belt was um nicole and she got her black belt and then left like she got her black belt because she was moving so it was she was going to get it eventually but then she was also leaving so it was kind of it happened then she left and so she's technically our first female black belt but she's not at the gym and then i got my black belt a little bit after so i got my black belt um the second wow so I got my black belt in uh, December 2018. So 18 years Wait. after I started jujitsu, I got my black belt. But the the since Half Gracie Berkeley opened in 2005, from then until 2018, two fle- female black belts. Then Dorothy got her black belt. That's three. Then Melissa. And Melissa. That's four. So in the whole time that half gracie berkeley has been open for <laughs> four there's four, four <laughs> and two are not here <laughs> there's one in, i'm the only instructor melissa trains uh-huh. and the other two don't train with us they're they've they're moved in other places so there's really two active female black belts at the gym how do you feel about that nia i i it's interesting well this is the thing so it's we're catching up right so our female population is growing but they have to stay right so i keep trying Mm -hmm. to provide a space in which they can grow understand ask questions learn 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 grow 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 go into regular class go into regular class go into regular class if you need questions ask me that's where that's how my like my beginner classes i'm like look i want to provide you a space to get some basics get comfortable in your body because that's the other thing too a lot of times there's 
interest in it for whatever reason. So people come to jujitsu for whatever outside things. It's it's normally something happened in their space that makes them interested in it. Either they saw it and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Or maybe there was a situation where they didn't feel like their body, they had control over their body. And this is a way in which yeah. somebody can get control over body or have power over their space that they take up right so one of the rules that I have it's not even like a rule I just it's a reminder when um women come into my class the the word I'm sorry happens so much they're doing a move oh I'm sorry mm-hmm. oh I'm sorry oh I'm, no you don't we all sign the waiver we're all here for the same reason to learn jujitsu unless it was actually an act like you accidentally elbowed somebody in the face you can say sorry for that but if you're just doing the move we're working on you don't need to apologize for doing it well like if you made them uncomfortable they tapped that was your job they understood Mm -hmm. it you understand it it's okay you don't have to apologize for that so the just taking out the oh i'm sorry oh i'm sorry kind of vocabulary in the way that we just deal with each other is is i feel like one step to just owning your space that at least that you're like let's first get you comfortable in your body in the space that you're taking up and it's okay if you need to like we can expand that you can be bigger you can have a little Mm -hmm. more space and feel comfortable you have to feel comfortable here first and so I have people who are not for whatever reason like I don't always they'll tell me or they won't tell me I don't know but I'm going to bring you you know if you at any point you don't want to do a move that's fine well, well something's uncomfortable let's change it up and the other thing is like I saw somebody were doing a math move and somebody like kind of like touched their middle it's like you know when I'm on my period this one's really hard too and she goes yeah I think I'm starting I'm like do it or don't do it and she's like no I'm gonna do it I'm like okay take your time then right but male instructor's not gonna take notice of what's going on or probably is not appropriate for him to say such a thing right. but yeah. I gave her space to low I understand that it can be uncomfortable we can make a modification if you need if you want to keep going through it, then keep going. And she did. She did it slower. Fine. And she finished. Fine. Right? So it's, it's not, I'm not going to be like, why aren't you doing this faster? Do you need to do this? Last week you were fine. Why are you not moving now? Like, well, no, I know. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> our bodies change in such different ways. And, and so I give space to, you know, mention it. It's like, even, do I have, I've had, I've, I've had three pregnant women that I've had the honor of teaching and it's the same thing I'm like look if you're not at high risk like you first do what your doctor says first do doctor doctor rules you do what they do if they say everything's normal you have no risks then you do what you feel comfortable doing and I will make modification after modification after modification so you can be here as long as you feel comfortable being here I have no problem and then you're gonna go get birth and you do your relaxation and you rest and you recover and then you give me the baby to hold and then you can go train again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely recover and ha- and in like people will ask me like oh I'm like you take what time you need to take to recover it's okay jujitsu will be it's not we're not it's not it doesn't expire it doesn't it's not gonna run out it's not gonna leave you it will always be here and you can come yeah. back and do it and I've I've been a lot of people's first role after pregnancy too so I'm like, hmm. just come move or wiggle around. You can just jump on me however you want to. It doesn't matter. You, I'll move to whatever you need to move. Just figure out. You have to figure out what you can even do when you come from pregnancy. Yeah. What's comfortable, and that takes it takes space, <laughs> safe space to do some yeah. of those things. But 
What's been your most challenging comeback? I would have to say between my, my, uh, after my second, so I've had three kids. So my first kid, um, was born 2006 and then I got my blue belt and then I trained for a little bit and then I got pregnant again. And so my second kid came in 2007. Oh, pretty quick. Okay. (laughs) So I gave birth in January, 2006 and then I was pregnant and I gave birth in April, 2007. So really the amount of time I was off the mat for then was like most of 2005. So 2005, 2006, and then 2007, right? So my span of time off the mat was almost three years with those two pregnancies. And even though with my second pregnancy, I was like, I cannot do nothing because I just didn't physically feel well afterwards. So I swam all the time. So I was doing swim competitions and, you know, I would just leave my big old bed, I'd come out and I'd just waddle over to the pool and just swim as fast as I can. I didn't care. I just was moving. Um, when I gave birth to him, I was feeling actually really good as far as, um, I felt like, oh, I feel a lot better because I was moving. My muscles weren't as atrophied as the first pregnancy. Um, But then I had two kids under two. And so Mm -hmm. I would, when you're, when you're pregnant, you, you like the baby fills up so much space. It's like, you can eat if like you eat a couple of bites and the food just feels like it's in the back of your throat anyway. So you can't eat very much Mm. but you're hungry because they're taking up all your so you're eating kind of all the time but just as much as you can kind of fit in at any given time because if they kick you in the wrong spot you're like okay well I guess that was too much so you just have to wait and then now there's all this space and the habit is to eat all the time because you're used to eating all the time and I had these two babies and so I would eat like three servings worth of food as fast as possible because I only had two seconds before they needed something. And so my, and then I wasn't working out. So I wasn't working out. I was eating huge amounts all day and I had actually ended up gaining 35 pounds after. So I actually ended up being heavier than I was a full-term pregnancy. So I went up to like 165 or something like that during the time um, after for the like next eight months. And so that was my hardest coming back because I was so much heavier than I was added 40 pounds to my weight that I was used to moving around in. I had Mm. my blue belt, but I've been off the mat for almost consistently for three years. So all of the people that now had their blue belts were for white belts when I left had been training for three years. And so on time, I was still expected to not tap to these people and not tap to white belts while Mm -hmm. having an extra 40 pounds and trying to figure. So, and, and that one was, so that was mentally my hardest. Like there's actually not even any pictures of me. There's like maybe two or three pictures of me during that time. Cause I was just shy from the camera. I was like, no, no, Mm -hmm. put a baby here, put a sweatshirt here. I'm like, you'll see my face. And and that would be yeah. it because I was like, I was so uncomfortable in my own skin for that amount of time. And it's hard when you're not sleeping and you literally, I, my youngest, at that point, the youngest, he would um, eat for 20, like nurse for 20 minutes, play, be happy for 20 minutes, sleep for 20 minutes. And he did that 24 hours a day. <laughs> I could not do anything. <laughs> I was like... 
was not sleeping. Not sleeping. I would eat because I was like, okay, I've got, I need to do the dishes. I need to take care of this other one, you know? So it was like, that was really, so eating was the only thing I really felt like I could do. And so that one was the, Mm. I feel like the hardest comeback from not being in jujitsu. So, and that one was just, I told, I probably, I couldn't do it by myself. So I actually told my husband, I'm like, do not give me more food. I don't care if I'm yelling and screaming, give me. So I ate, I handed me small bowls and I ate with chopsticks because it just takes you longer to eat with chopsticks. And let me tell you, running mashed potatoes with chopsticks is really freaking hard to eat. It takes a while, but that I needed the time to make sure I wasn't overeating. Right. So mm-hmm. it was just, that was just calorie reduction and it probably wasn't done in the healthiest way, but I was like, I need something to help curve this thing. So double stroller and calling everybody else. I need, Hey, you want to go for a walk? You want to go for a run? You want to go for a walk? You want to go for a run? <laughs> I go by myself. So, but it worked sort of. <laughs> Did yeah, you that ever want to quit? Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. Hmm. No, but I have for sure gotten, I have yelled on the mat a couple times and I have for sure cried in the bathroom a couple times. <laughs> Being, in that locker room? I've cried in that locker room too. <laughs> no, no, I went in the bathroom, the, the okay. same bathroom though. I go to the far bathroom. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't needed to in a while, but it was, there was just times where it was like, if what was done to me, if I was a guy, what would, what happened on the mat wouldn't have been able to happen. That's sometimes frustrating. Where like, if I were a dude, you first wouldn't have tried this. And then if you did try it, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Do you mean like, tell me more about what you mean by that. Um, so like when you have, when somebody, so specifically, if you, if you have somebody who's really tall in your guard and they go and choke you because they can reach. Oh, so technically that's wrong to do and you shouldn't do it, but because Mm -hmm. they're so much taller than me and bigger than me, they can at at that point. Like I know what to do now, Uh. but before I didn't know. (laughs) So it was, you know, that kind of stuff's right. I'm like. And, 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 you know, and, and it, there's this weird space. I'm like, if I'm, if I tell them something to, because I'm losing, then it feels like I'm saying it because I'm losing. And if they don't right. do it, then I'm going to win. But, and, and I'm like, do I say, I don't know. Do I say something? And so, so usually there wasn't necessarily, there didn't feel like a space to say anything about yeah. it. And so what I started to do before I would roll with somebody, because I did, if especially if I didn't know who they were, I would say, oh, hi, my name's Nia. And they'd say their name. I'm like, wow, how much do you weigh? And they would say, oh, I'm like 210. I'm like, wow. And then I would say, I'm this much. You weigh this much more than me. And just put we, it out there. I just put it out there. Just have this in your brain. You uh-huh. weigh 80 pounds or 70 pounds or whatever the poundage is more than me. So much more. Yeah. And then I would go and we'll see. Or sometimes I'm like, wow, your arms are really long. And I'm like, let's compare. And I'm like, wow, your arms are the same length as my legs. <laughs> and so it was, it was just my way of going, hey, I, 
can and there's some people who can't there's there's some people who just they are on jujitsu or they're sitting on the side and they don't have they don't have any variance they don't have variation and so i had to distance myself from the, the people who had no variation because i was getting hurt like if every time we roll and i get hurt i can't roll with you anymore you don't know how to yeah pay attention and it's not even that they were doing jujitsu super hard like sometimes they're just not paying attention to their body and you're kicking me in the face <laughs> right I don't, I don't need you to, i got like a somebody kicked me in the face split my eye, eyebrow open so you know your eye your face bleeds so it's like bleeding all over the place and he's like oh god Pete's gonna kill me i was like well actually pete will probably give you a high five but so you know i go to the to joke because he was actually scared i'm like you know whatever so i wash my face and everyone's like oh you should probably go to the emergency room so you can get stitches because you know you don't want to have a scar there I'm like I am not gonna sit in the emergency room for eight hours because I don't want a scar on my face I'm gonna go to the store I'm gonna get some wound closure and some what is that some uh glue some um what is it what's the glue that we use all the time that you would like do like this and it would hurt because you would stick it together I don't know. <sighs> it's like special medical glue. No, or just well, like they do have in. it, but it's it's not. It was it's it's the crazy glue. Crazy glue. Go get some crazy. Crazy glue to your eyebrow? Well, yeah, because I actually heard that crazy glue was actually invented for um, out in the field to to do you be as a wound closure thing. Uh, so there was a, oh. it, its initial. <laughs> This initial usage was for wound closures, but I think they have like medical grade crazy glue and yeah, crazy I glue would... for plastic. But I was okay. like, what? But you went to CVS mm-hmm. and got some crazy glue, and, and I went home <laughs> and I did this and That's I did, and I went to bed. I went to bed. That's and I didn't roll with him anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, no, 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 no. That wasn't even the last time. That was not the last time. I tried one more time. <laughs> I tried one more time oh, with him. Why? And that's why actually yeah, I was I was a blue belt. And I'm like, because he was nice. Like he was a nice guy. He's super sweet, whatever, but just when he got on the mat, he like couldn't control his appendages, apparently. And like he did something and like need me or something. I'm like, okay. And I stood up and I'm like I don't want to get out the crazy glue again. We are not doing this. I wrote up an email like later, like you are very sweet. I really love you off the map, but I don't think we can roll together anymore because you just can't be like, no. And it's, and that's even a hard space to go. I'm like, is this, is this how he is with just me? Or is this just how Mm. he is? So there's also that space where, and there's some people who just, they don't have control over their body. They don't know where they are in space. They don't know where you are in space. And so then it becomes almost like a danger to roll with (laughs) that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if they're so much bigger than you right so if, it's, if we're right. the same size and accidents happen it's not as big of an issue as if you have 50 60 70 80 pounds on me and then your elbow comes around or something that's bad so yeah there's like there's been a couple people who who I have had to not roll with um but yeah and and there's and even I remember this. So I had I think I just or maybe it was a year into my brown belt, and I'm rolling open mat, and there's a 
guys up a blue belt. He asks, okay, fine. And we roll and we roll and roll and we're done. And he gets up, he goes, wow, you're really good for. And I looked at him and I was like, how are you going to end the sentence? Because at this yeah, point, where are we going there? there's nothing you could put at the end of that that's going to make this a good sentence. What did he, what did he say next? I just went, uh-huh, and I walked away. <laughs> nothing. But it was just like, it's that kind of, I'm like, you're a blue belt. I mean, do you say that to other male brown belts? Wow, you're really good for a brown belt. Like, oh and that's just and it's it's kind of i'd have to say there's there's some there is a little bit of ego that that plays into stuff sometimes with something that's so physical like this um I remember I saw this, I don't know if it was a t-shirt or a post, I don't know what it was. It said, you know, be wary of an old man in a young man's sport. And I was like, well, my motto of that is be wary of an old woman in a young man's sport. Because, (laughs) right? So, you know, at this point, like some of the people I'm going with, I for sure can be their mother. Like, I could be your mother. (laughs) I I am Uh old enough to be your mother. And so there's this like, and young the younger the male is the more tender the ego potentially can be I don't even know how to explain it well but I have for Mm -hmm. sure if they're if I'm rolling with somebody that I don't know um is what I tend to not do that so much now especially if I'm in a recovery space like if I'm injured or something I'm only going to go people I trust I'm like look I'm injured so just go with you with just whatever but if it's a new person and I'm 100% I will put them into a position and I'll see how they react first. And it's not necessarily to protect their ego. It's literally to protect my body, right? Because if I have somebody Mm. who's going to flip out and freak out and not use technique anymore, just thrash, that is potentially dangerous for me. And I'm, I can't afford to get hurt. I'm not going to get hurt because you're acting stupid. I, I'm not going to do that, but what I will do is I'll chain with you. I'll put you in a position. If you are using technique, then I'm like, okay, we can just roll and be technical about it and see what happens. If you start to flip out, what I do is I just kind of open a door or I'll, I'll open a position up, loosen up a little bit so they feel like they've they made that space and they get out, and then I just do position and I let them out because that Mm. keeps me safe they're not going to really learn anything because they're not what they're doing may not actually work if somebody were closing in on them but i can move i'm safe if you can't handle getting into a bad position maybe they that's how they freak that's maybe they do that everybody i don't also don't know yeah it's it's tough to encounter yeah i mean i feel like it's happening less and less now in general like i don't see it as much um and i tell people i tell anybody if you feel uncomfortable with the way somebody's rolling and you don't feel comfortable talking to them talk to an upper belt go talk to an instructor and ask their ask is that is what they're doing okay is it just me it's like sometimes maybe you are just not comfortable with your tools yet and you feel like they're freaking out and they're not so it's it's okay to ask hey was this the next time we go, can you watch us? I just want to make sure 
or how do I mm-hmm. like you can come to and I didn't feel comfortable doing that because I felt like there wasn't space for me to show weakness at all so I just handled um, it myself in the sense of sometimes I would just be like okay this person I need to stop them from moving so I will hold them down here and then they'll tap and that, that means they'll stop moving right so, so there's been people where I'm like I just had to you stop just you're freaking out okay I'm just gonna choke you now so <laughs> this is definitely where I have kind of like manhandled them into submission and the, you know and there's just some people who, and those people just are on off a lot of just on off so if you don't have the energy to hang with their onness then you just don't go with them and I tell people mm-hmm. too it's like if you feel un that's the other space too there's like usually the tradition is if an upper belt comes to you to roll you are not supposed to say no mm-hmm. and I say that is I I yes because you're that person's been here they put in their time you need to treat them with respect if you're taking a break because you're injured or tired or like really just can't you, you say you can say I, I'm really tired. I can go slow with you. Like you can say that or you can, but what's, what's not okay. And I, this has happened to me before. This is a super disrespectful way to do something. If you don't want to roll with somebody, you say no to an upper belt and then somebody else comes and asks you and you roll with somebody else, oh. the same role. That's super disrespectful. That has happened to me multiple times where I'm like, Oh, they just didn't want to hmm. roll with me. Not that they didn't want to roll at all. So that's how did you interpret that? Um, oh, I just didn't roll with that person anymore. I'm like, okay, hmm. you don't get to learn because I'm. I feel that you can learn a lot by rolling with people, right? Sometimes it's just, wow, that really sucked. I don't ever want to have that experience again. How do I avoid that from now on? What move do I need to learn to never have that particular thing happen to me ever again? Right. So like for me, um, when my very first competition as a white belt, I got triangled and I had never had it. Nobody ever triangled me before. I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, that was horrible. How do I never let that happen again? (laughs) So kind of, you know, you can have those experiences that are awful and you're like, oh, oh, I need to not do that. And you can learn from that. Take that and make sure it doesn't happen again. So it's not horrible to have horrible things happen to you but I think you can just also be respectful about it and that can get (laughs) wishy-washy I think a little bit so Nia how did it feel when you got your black belt especially considering you started from a place in jujitsu where you thought you were going to be a white belt for forever um so yeah so I got it when this what this is what's funny so when so, so, okay, so I felt like I got my blue belt early. I also felt like I got my purple belt early. And I, I say early because I hadn't been competing as a blue belt. I did one competition as a blue belt. And I was, like, just starting to get, like, the my youngest was two. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. I'm still, I was still nursing her, but not as much. And, she, and I went to my first competition when she was two years old. And so this is 2011. So my last... She, kid was born 2009 right so it's 2011 so it's my first I got my blue belt when 
2006. So we've had seven years, and that was my first blue belt competition. And then I won, and I actually, I was like, I won something. It was the first time I won. So all the other times, I didn't ever won anything. So I was like, I won something. Finally, it's paid off. It's been 11 years. I get this little medal. It's the greatest thing ever. And so I'm like, yes, okay, I'm ready to compete, compete, compete. And then Eduardo gives me a purple belt. I'm like, now I'm going to start the battle again. So for me, like my purple belt, I felt like it was too early, but I think I retrospect it was probably a good idea. But to me, I was like, but, but okay, that's okay. It's just I'll just start down here again, and you know, it took me. But the fun thing was from my purple to my brown was two years, and so my brown oh, wow. belt was like when I got my brown belt, I was like, yes. I rocked the leg. I took gold. I had five competition. I had five, five, five competitors, and I just like, sm- I was smashing. I was like, oh, I finally, like everything's coming together, and it's all. And at one point, somebody was like moving, and I'm like, I almost wanted to tell her, I'm like, you need to stop moving because you're keeping giving me points. Like she would roll to her belly, and I'd be on her back, so I'd get back mount, and then she'd we'd do move, and then she'd roll onto her back, and I'd get front, and it was like, four points, four points, four points, I'm like, stop moving, what are you doing? I think I ended up with like 19 points. I'm like, I'm so sorry, person, let me, here, let me Americana you real fast, so you'll stop doing this. So, but that was, that was a fun, that was like, Though that competition, the purple belt was the first, like that one was, I was like tapping people out, I was getting points, I was staying up, like I was, I was doing the jujitsu that I practiced in the mat. So have you, so what you do on the, what you do on the mat very rarely comes out in competition, right? Like mm-hmm. how you, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to set this up and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And we get to competition. No, now you're in a position you never are in. And then you're like, well, I don't, even, I don't even know what they're trying to do. And I need to get back to where I know. And I don't, you know, it's always like this catch up game in competition. And so, so that, um, we were something, it was like 2014, I guess. Something, I don't know, 16, 14, 14 or 16, one of those two years. Um, that one was the first one where I was like, I did my game, my plan, every time. Bam, bam, all the way through. And the last one actually That's ended cool. up being like 0-0. Zero, zero, and we're both sitting there like, so we don't know who won either. We're like, oh my god, what's going to happen? And then I took gold. I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. What competition was that? Uh, Master, World Masters. Oh, oh, and that was at purple belt or at brown belt? Purple belt. Wow, cool. Yeah, that gold was, that was, I was like, yes. That yeah, one was a good one. Hell yeah. But it was, it, it was, yeah. So then I was like, ah, I did make the right decision staying in the sport. After 16 years, I figured it out. <laughs> so then were you promoted at the competition to brown no, belt? No, I got my brown belt when I got back. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then once I got my brown belt, then I was like, Eduardo, can I please start a women's class? Hell yeah. So that was that was the year when I got my brown belt. I started to, and I had to like find a time. So Alan actually let me, um, we, we shared a mat. He let me share his mat. 
Oh, nice. So that's where the women's class started and was just picking up steam and we're just getting it going and then the pandemic hit. But you were promoted to black belt before COVID, right? Yes, the year before. So what was that like, being promoted to black belt? All oh, right, that was your question from a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> we went on a fun tangent, though. I liked it. Um, so I, when I got my black belt, I had so I had a feeling because and only because when I took gold at purple belt, I got my brown belt, and I had just taken gold at brown belt world masters, and so I was like, oh, cool. I guess that's like I'm assuming this is gonna happen. Like I, I kind of, but I also didn't like I was assuming, but not assuming. Like I didn't want to, right? You don't want to be like, yeah, and then it doesn't happen and you feel bad. So I was like, I'm uh, not assuming, and I'm assuming. I don't know, but I do know, but I'm not sure, but I am sure. <laughs> it was all the opposite feelings happening at the same time, and I'm like, I just have to be cool. I just have to, be, I just have to chill. I just chill. I'm just chilling. Just. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just don't mind me. I just chilling over here. Um, and so it was during the we've done promotions in various ways. Sometimes it would be like when I got my when Eduardo gave me my um purple belt. It was it after class one day, so mm-hmm. which is like super unexpected, right? You're just and then he calls your name. And you're like, why is he calling my name? Why? What's happened? And then, you you know, so that's how I got my purple belt. And so my brown belt was with a, there was a, it was during a big end of the year belt promotion. So there's a bunch of us that went to brown belt all, all together. And with that group, I was the only woman in that group that got brown, promoted brown belt at that point. And then uh, same thing with the black belt. It was a big, it was a big. Usually black belts will have, those are not going to be sly. Like you want, he wants, when you get a black belt, that's a big deal. And you want a lot of people <laughs> want it to be a, a right. party. Um, so I had told, did I tell my dad or did Pete tell me? I think Pete told my dad. So my dad was there. So that was kind of cool. So he actually has it recorded mm-hmm. too. Um, but yeah, I basically told my story just, you know, I was, I was excited I it, and I do still was in disbelief. Okay, I'm kind of used to it now, but it's been I got 18, we're 23, so I'm heading towards five years. So in two months, it'll be five years I've had my black belt, which sounds really weird. Like that doesn't even that's weird saying. Just so you know, like my face is like really it's been that long. Mm-hmm. But then we also had like pandemic-y thing in the midst of that too. So it's kind of like right. the actual on the mat time of being a bark bob is less than time-wise <laughs> if that makes sense but it was still like I slept in my belt for like a week uh just uh yeah I put my pajamas yeah yeah I put my pajamas on and I put oh, my belt on dude. I'm like I'm going to bed in this <laughs> oh yeah you earned that totally <laughs> yeah my speech was still my I was happy to be here so that other people can see it's possible because I didn't have anybody to to know that it was possible for me. You had a 
didn't have anybody. Yeah. Mm -mm. Because the first woman who was promoted left. So, I mean, you like, you knew she existed, but there weren't any female black belts. And when she she got her black belt, was I purple? (sighs) I think I was just, just had my purple belt. Maybe I was still blue belt when she left. I can't even remember. All those, everything mushes together. But it wasn't, it wasn't so much that, you know, we were around each other's space, but it wasn't a large part of my percentage of my jujitsu anyway, too, right? So, you know, she was there, was possible, and and, and she left. Um, But, like, actively, like, we just did a girls and gi uh, girls and geese in in uh, the city over the summer, and so I was one of the I was a presenting seminar. I did part of the seminar, and then um, two other female black belts, one from the city, and then Melissa was there too. And Melissa had said that I was her inspiration mm-hmm. and like one to look. And I was and I was like, and I had it. I didn't ever. I didn't really know because we, we hadn't talked. And I was like, oh, I didn't. Even because <laughs> it's wow. like you know so that's kind of neat to to be able to be and really it's it's just you just just keep coming you just keep coming back from whatever breaks you have you just have to come back so, and it's it's hard it's for sure hard injury and the most I think the most annoying breaks are if there's ringworm in your gym, that's the, probably the dumbest one because you feel fine, but you know you can't train. You're like, this is just stupid. Who brought this in here? <laughs> you know, you take your 10 days, you go get better and come back. Oh. Nia, what does jujitsu mean to you? Hmm. I think it... it I think it's it's different on different days. So it depends on what I need. So I think before, unfortunately for me, due to some physical things and schedule-wise, I don't actually train as much as I used to, right? So I get two days a week, Saturday class and open mat. Those are the only two days I train. But I'm teaching and I'm on the mat for four classes a week which I love to do I love to teach so sometimes for me it's um, a stress release just a physical I I have high anxiety and depression and so having that stress the the physical release and those endorphins flowing rather than taking medication which if people need to do that's fine I I have a tendency to not to even if I should but um (laughs) I find that jujitsu gives me the space to get some stuff out and move around and be in my body and get my endorphins and, you know, and I always feel better afterwards. Um, So I use it as a physical therapy outlet. Um, Sometimes it's just a space in which I feel in control of in the sense of I have my class. We're going to do my warm up. 
We're going to learn my lesson today. And then I'm going to give all my knowledge to anybody who wants to have it. So it's kind of like there's a space where, yes, for this hour, this part of the mat is my world. And that's kind of empowering in and of itself. And there's so many times on the mat too, but in the world in general, where you don't get that. You're like, well, I feel like if you gave me some space, I could probably help you. But if you don't, I will sit back here and offer I'll say would you like help you don't want okay I'll just be over here but you know in this space and and it's and it's exciting because if somebody asks a question like if somebody asks a question you can do as an instructor you can be like no that's not going to work and then that's it I'm like let's see try the thing you're asking how does that feel? And I'm like, they're and they're looking at me like, well, I don't know. Is it, I'm like, well, maybe you're going to discover something amazing. I don't know. Let's find out together. Right. And so if they do the thing and I'm like, well, how'd that feel? They're like, it was awkward and weird. I'm like, well, then that's probably why we don't do it that way. Mm-hmm. It gave them a space to discover. Um, so like I can lead discovery for somebody else. They learned it on kind of on their own. I gave them a space to learn on their own, to have that discovery. So that's their power. Now they learned that lesson. They have that, that's their power. And I feel like that's something that I can give. And that feels good too, to help somebody learn something, even though it's, I'm helping, like I'm giving, setting the stones for them to hop across the muddy river on when they get to the other side if you've placed those right and in a way it makes them feel like they learned it themselves and discovered it themselves and they're gonna treasure that information so much more than just me going so i guess like other people's self-discovery is exciting too that's so special i think that that's uh, really cool that you have that approach to teaching and that you can be impactful to so many people in that way and I just want to say thank you Nia first off for sticking around I mean for just wading through (laughs) all of those challenges with jujitsu I know you weren't doing it for me specifically like you were doing it for for yourself but you going through all of that and making it to the point of being a, a female black belt like that's that's huge to me and I know to other women who who train at the gym too to be able to see that it's possible like you said like that that makes a difference to me so thank you for sticking around and for making it through and for being an example you're welcome and thanks so much for sharing with me today it was so much fun talking to you and um just your knowledge of the gym over the years is is really interesting I mean I have overall experienced it thankfully as a as a very welcoming place you know but clearly has not always had the same culture that it has had today and it sounds like you definitely played a role in creating the culture that it has today so I'm really thankful for that and I think it's so cool that you're getting the the women's class back up and going and I'd love to see that continue to grow what do you want to see next for Half Gracie Berkeley? Where do you want to see the gym go? Um, I just want to. I just want to see. I just, what do I want to see? I I I feel like we're doing well in general, but of course, um, it just keeping just retaining uh women who finding the women who want to do it and then retaining them better. I think mm-hmm. is still like. And it's not, and I don't think it's necessarily lack of, of culture, of 
support or culture anymore. But sometimes also if you walk into a beginner's class and there are no women in that beginner's class and we have huge, wonderful beginner classes and some of them have really large amount of really large, tall, humongous men. And that could uh-huh. be just in and of itself without even doing anything else could potentially be off-putting for somebody who might have physical insecurities or whatever issues, or maybe they're just very tiny and they're like, those people are so big. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So my person, my personal goal with my be- women's um, beginners class is I want them to come to my class to get, find the strength that they need to find, get comfortable with their body, get some basics in. And then I want to push them into the regular class. I want you to go to the, re- I don't want you to stay. I mean, I love you. You can come visit me anytime, but I want you to feel comfortable and confident to go into the regular beginner's class and be okay and learn more things and, and be over there and be okay. So that when somebody walks in, they'll see you in that class. Right. So yeah, you have to be seen in that class for them to be like, Oh, okay. No, this is for me. And I've had, we've, I've, I've seen women walk in, look at the beginner's class, look around, see note and leave. I'm like, did you, I believe that. Wait, come back. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'll trade with you. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> um, so I, 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 there was times where, when I would try to come and be around for the beginner's classes, just in case somebody, but I also, you know, scheduling, <laughs> I can't just sit and hope. Uh, somebody comes in and needs me right <laughs> <A little difficult. laughs> but um yeah so it's just kind of catching those women and trying to get a a more prime time my my oh oh I know what my goal is my personal goal is to have a prime time women's class right now our class is at I'm 345 so Tuesdays and Thursdays which is really hard for most people <laughs> to make so my yeah. goal is to have a prime time class that everybody can come to but the I guess then the second goal is to and 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 I'm sure I've maybe I haven't told you this I don't know it wasn't really like I wasn't advertising it but I guess I can advertise it now so what we're doing on for open mat right now is on the first Sunday of each month is we're just going to try to come in mass as many women at the same time because there are a lot of us and there's a lot of us that go to open mat but we don't seem to I'll be there at the same time. Like just in open mat natural space, maybe four women at a time are there at any given day. Mm-hmm. Like today we had six, right? But if that was still, that would be a lot for open mat. That's pretty good. So yeah. um, the first Sunday of each month, if you were planning to come to open mat, try to come on the first Sunday. If you're only going to do one a month, come first Sunday at Berkeley so that we can have as many women there at the same time to train with as possible. So our first first Sunday was October this month October, and we actually had nine. And I'm like, this is the most women we've ever had at a mat. Okay, I love that. So it's not a women's open mat, but it's a let's be a magnet for wi- let's all agree. We to come all at this know time. we're all going to be there. We all know there's going to be somebody to train yeah. with. Because the interesting thing too is, um, and I don't remember who I was talking to this, like I didn't actually start to win any competitions until there was a higher percentage of women for me to compete. I mean, to train within the gym because the way in which men move are different than the way in which women move the strengths and the flexibility and understanding of technique 
it's completely different. So the things that I was doing that worked great on the guys were not working when I would go compete with women. And I couldn't, mm-hmm. like, why I didn't understand like, why this person is stronger. Why, if this person is stronger, why is this not working? And so once there was a higher percentage of women for me to practice the moves on how to do it to fit onto a woman's body and somebody closer to my size, that's when I started being able to translate that into competition. So if we're all here practicing and working together, we will all get better as far as like competition goes and how to move in competition because it's going to be more similar because like you know if you have somebody a guy who's really big like the holes in which they make with their bodies is good i can fit through like the space between their arm and their their elbow and their ribs a lot easier than somebody who's my size right so it's it's Mm -hmm. also just a sizing if you get to roll with more people closer to your size that's going to be it's going to translate better into competition but if they're not there you don't get to practice and it's not, it's not, that's not yeah. going to be everyone's experience, but that was for sure mine. So I didn't start being able to win competitions to until there was at least a couple of women in any given class that I was in that I can kind of like, oh, this, this does not work on you. Okay, let me try this other thing. Right. So that was, it's fun and it's practical if you're going to compete. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to pump that up. First Sundays, have Gracie Berkeley be there. Yep. Nia, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I really appreciated learning from your decades of experience, and I think you play such an important role at our gym. Thank you for being someone to look up to in the jujitsu community. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you'd like to support this show, you can rate, review, subscribe, share an episode with a friend. Find me on Instagram. I'm at a higher flow. Talk to you later.